Welcome to another edition of the Ivy MBA Admission Series podcast. Lindsay Lippman, Associate Director, MBA Recruitment and Admissions, speaks with Senior Associate, Student Financial Administration, Mary Townsend, and together, they share advice and more information about how to finance your Ivy MBA, including financing options available for both Canadian and international candidates. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Lindsay Littman. I'm the Associate Director of the MBA Recruiting and Admissions Team. I am joined here today with Mary Townsend. She is our Senior Associate of our Student Financial Administration Team. Welcome, Mary. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for coming today. I think it's a great chance for us to talk about the financial investment of the MBA. Uh, you might have seen our other podcasts about how to buy an MBA and part of uh, buying an MBA, not just in terms of what the quality is of the MBA, um, you know, placement, um, student experience. It's also the financial investment of it. So Mary and I thought it'd be a great opportunity today to walk through some of the key factors to look at, um, where to find some of these resources timing in terms of when you should start thinking about the investment um, and give any sort of final tips and tricks at, at the very end. So so to kick this off, Mary, let's start talking about the, the financing part, which applies to anyone considering our program, whether you are a Canadian citizen, a permanent resident, or coming to us um, outside of the country on a, on a visa. Um, what would you say is in terms of timing, when should candidates start thinking about the financial side of the MBA? Yeah, that's a great question. I always think it's a great idea to start planning early. So you could start uh, during the application process or definitely right after you receive uh, an offer of admission. Um, it is really important to ensure and secure your uh, financial plan before you arrive. And the reason for that is it's one less thing to think about. You're moving, you're starting classes, um, you're getting to know people, you're launching back into school. Um, and it's just less stressful when you, you have all of that taken care of already. So go ahead and, you know, start reaching out to um, your bank, uh, family members you might borrow from, or other lending resources, uh, and determine what documentation is required um, for whatever application that you might uh, need, whether it's uh, a student visa um, or a PR application. Start looking at what documentation uh, you're going to need. Um, please also visit our website. There's lots of great information there. Um, we'll repeat this a couple of times throughout um, the podcast. So it's uh, Ivy MBA under admissions, and there's lots of great details there. No, that's that's great, Mary, and I and I will reinforce that again right now because our website is really quite quite detailed. Um, you know, we provide an outline of not only just as the school costs, um, you know, including the tuition, approximate. Um, extra costs, but also even break down the cost for, you know, living in the city of London to give you an idea. As part of the MBA decision, you could be looking at different schools and comparing tuition costs. You should also be looking at the cost of living in the city because the cost of London, Ontario is vastly different than that of Vancouver or Toronto um, or otherwise. So um, be an educated buyer, you know, check out the website. Don't be last minute. The financing side is not an overnight um, thing that you can figure out. So it is important, as Mary said, to, to ideally, if you can start a bit earlier because you just you know once you have a decision you want to be able to know how you can afford that and again that doesn't come overnight so in terms of like the the financing side there's there's ways to because in terms of the structure of the tuition so if you want to if you can break down for us mary in terms of 
uh, you know, how much, how much of the costs are due up front? If, if it's, if there's like installments, if there's interest on the installments or what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's a couple of options. You could pay all of your tuition um, at once at the beginning of the program in March. Uh, some students like to do that if they're international and they want to pay it all um, from their home bank before um, before they get to Canada. Um, or you can also pay um, in four installments. So we have a plan set up. It doesn't cost anything. And you would pay 25% of your tuition uh, four times a year. So that would be in March. July, October, and then in January. Um, they're, they're mostly even uh, payments of 25% of tuition. However, there are some ancillary fees um, that the university charges and, and course material fees, and those are paid up front in the um, March payment. Now, just to reassure you that we will always send reminders and details um, once you receive an offer about financing um, and how to pay that. We also, um, for the first installment, you are able to deduct your deposit, which you, you will have paid, and also you are able to deduct your full scholarship if you do receive one um, from that first installment. Uh, scholarships are credited directly to your student account, so you're able to uh, remove that charge uh, from your first installment in March. And so on the note of the student account, that's a, it's a great point. And you're right. I think the, certainly come the fall timeframe, so usually maybe November forward, you know, yourself and the program team start really rolling out a lot more detailed communications in terms of fees and tuitions. But if you're admitted earlier into the program, uh, Mary's always happy to give you an, an outline so you have an idea of how best to prepare. We like planners. So definitely if you reach out and want to know what's to come, uh, as soon as we have that information, we're, we are happy to share that with you. The student account, so as Ivy students, you are Western students, so it is sort of the Western student account that you log into. And, and again, those details are given to you uh, upon an offer accepted into our program. Um, I always find the one thing, Mary, that you must get a lot of questions around is that anxiety when they log into their student account, they don't see the scholarship there. So what? So, so can you put their mind at ease in terms of like, when is it that they kind of expect to see the scholarship and so that they know it is still coming, it's just not reflected yet? Yeah, that's great, Lindsay. Um, what you'll see uh, right after you receive your offer, in your student account, there will be nothing. Once you pay your deposit of $5,000, you will then see that in your account. You won't see any charges for tuition or ancillary fees until just before the program starts. However, we will provide those uh, numbers to you so you know what to expect. The scholarship, as I've just said, will is able to be deducted from your first payment. However, you won't see the funds for your scholarship in your account until the end of June. Um, that's fine. Western knows who is receiving what amount of scholarship, so there won't be any late fees associated with that. The reason we don't pay it out until the end of June is simply because of our fiscal year end. So we do like students to be able to duck that off uh, in March, and then you'll see it in your account in June, so that should not be a problem. Perfect. No, that's great to clarify that, Mary. It's a, a common anxiety feeling because you think, oh my gosh, why isn't it there? It shows us what I paid, but uh, that information is to come. So, you know, after an offer is extended, we do ask for a $5,000 deposit and that essentially holds your seat in the program. So after receive this payment, you know, you, you start to receive more documentation um, from our team with bank loans, um, confirmation of enrollment, um, other key, you know, documentation that is needed for our international students for 
for um, permit processing and some for our Canadian citizens and PRs who are looking to obtain a, a local bank loan. Uh, Mary, you know, this is your, that definitely your area of expertise in terms of the information contained within them. Do you mind just elaborating a little bit more on these documents um, and, you know, why they are important? Absolutely. So as Lindsay said, once you pay your deposit, you will receive an automatic uh, letter uh, via email, and the letter is called Confirmation of Enrollment. So that's an important document to keep on hand, and I'm going to let you know what's included in it. Um, as Lindsay said, you would use this letter for a study permit application, um, possibly for um, a bank loan documentation. Typically, banks do want to see something official from the school with a letterhead on letterhead um, stating that you are actually enrolled in the program. So the letter would include information about yourself, uh, details of the program, so that it's full time, uh, the location, the length of the program, that you have paid a deposit and the amount, and that you are officially enrolled in the program. It also includes um, what your tuition amount will be, an approximate other fees amount, so that you can uh, show your bank, for example, um, how much it is going to cost. And we also lay out for you what the um, payment options are. So we'll lay out the, the uh, months the installments are due or that you can also pay it all at once at the beginning. So all that information will be included in that one letter that, that you can use and, and keep in your records. No, that's great. You're right. And it, it is a really key document. Um, you know, really, it impacts everyone coming to the program to some degree. So it's something you want to not lose. Um, certainly, you know, flag that in your inbox, keep that handy. Certainly, we can send you another copy if necessary. But, um, you know, we often get asked, well, did, do I get like a, a receipt or confirmation of like that I've paid? It's like, this is it. This is that This is that letter that contains all the key information that when we've checked in different, you know, immigration processes and then with bank loans, it contains the information that either or both would need at some point. So definitely keep that handy. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more of the actual um, different ways of financing the MBA, some considerations for both our internationals and our uh, Canadian citizens. To learn more about the tuition and fees pertaining to the full-time one-year MBA program, please visit go.ib.ca forward slash tuition. Okay, welcome back. Um, so we've covered a bit of the overview in terms of the tuition payment, you know, the, the structure of it, um, once you pay your deposit, some of that key documentation. Now we want to get a little bit more specific into actually the financing of the MBA side. So you've decided on Ivy, you've applied, you've been accepted, congratulations. Uh, and now you're ready to move forward with uh, putting forward the financial investment for it. So Mary, let's try to divide this up into, you know, more of the sorry, more of the uh, Canadian citizens and the PRs um, as they're going to pay the domestic fees. Let's talk about um, their, their financing considerations and some advice you have for them. Absolutely. So for our Canadian, uh, what we call domestic and our permanent resident uh, students, on our website, we have um, relationships with Canadian banks that have offered IB students preferred IB rates. Um, so it will outline on the website the terms of repayment, um, the special rates. Uh, they vary a little bit between the banks, but it's all laid out nicely on our website. Um, they're all very good rates and terms. Um, they do, uh, the banks do you want your business and hope to keep you as a customer uh, going forward after you graduate. 
On the website, it's under MBA admissions, scholarships, awards, and loans. Um, each of the banks are listed with their terms, and there are also bank representatives listed. Uh, their names, their phone numbers, and their email addresses, and they are open and welcome to uh, happy to talk to students at any point and answer any questions. Now, some students have uh, a local branch or a rep where they live that they like working with. That's no problem. Go ahead and speak to those folks, but just make sure that they connect on your behalf with the people listed on our website. We just want to make sure that the coding goes through correctly so you get those preferred rates. Um, permanent residents, um, you are treated as uh, domestic students um, as far as banks go. However, um, and you may apply for the lines of credit, but you um, may be required to be in the province for 12 months and they will take into um, consideration credit history. Some permanent residents have been in Canada um, already for a year. Some are just arriving. So please make sure that's part of your question when you reach out to these uh, bank reps. They're very helpful and very knowledgeable and are really excited to work with our MBA students. That's great. Uh, another consideration I know for financing options students will ask about is from the um, education loan side with, you know, OSAP or out of province loans. Um, you know, I know Alberta has some as well. Can you share more information and, and also who's eligible to receive uh, those loans? Absolutely. Uh, OSAP and the out of province government funding is, is a resource that most of our um, domestic students do rely on. Um, so OSAP, for those who don't know, is the Ontario uh, Government Province Funding. Um, all OSAP, I'll, I'll get to the um, outer province in a moment, but I'll just talk about Ontario for now. Um, all OSAP is handled through our Western Maine campus. They have a great website with a lot of um, frequently asked questions and specific instructions for sort of how to get going, um, who is eligible, um, and, and what the processes are. So if you just go to Western um, website, which is uwo.ca, go to the Office of the Registrar's site and student finances. Um, of course, what I sometimes do when I'm in a hurry is just Google OSAP Western University and that'll get you right there. Um, they also have a link to the official government OSAP site there, but I'd start there as a good place to start in and answer some of your uh, initial questions. If you forget that, I am always available um, to reach out to and I'll direct you to the right place. So the same um, applies for out-of-province funding. So if you're from Alberta, BC, any of the other provinces, um, Western Student Finances also looks after all out-of-province um, government loan website details. And they've got great links um, on Western site as well. So that's the Office of the Registrar and Student Finances. Mary, would you recommend that that students explore, you know, these these provincial loan options kind of around the same time as when they're looking at their other means for financing their MBA? I mean, again, there are different deadlines for applications, correct? Exactly. OSAP's recommendation is at least six months um, before a program starts. Um, I is, I'm not as familiar with the outer province, but I assume that they're about the same. Never hurts to reach out really early. Um, if they tell you you can't apply yet, that's fine. You can get all your information and, and your documents and your plans in place. 
So please look into that sort of as soon as you get an offer um, and take a look at what you're eligible for. Now, permanent residence, again, um, you may apply for OSAP, but what you'll need to do is check with OSAP directly um, for specifics on how long you need to be in Ontario. Typically, I believe it's 12 months, um, but that may depend. Some students are in and out of the province. Some have done undergraduate degrees here, so they will take all of that into consideration. So I do recommend that you reach out directly to OSAP um, to find out what your particular situation um, is. Great. And I know another consideration um, that's even mentioned on our website as well is a lifelong learning RRSP. Uh, can you share a little bit more about this as a, another route to help finance your MBA? Yeah, this is a great, uh, great option that um, some students aren't aware of. So if you do have an RRSP, you are able to borrow up to $10,000 a year. Um, you would pay that back. It's really good. Um, uh, it's interest-free paying it back. It's a, I did it for a homeowner's uh, loan. It's similar to that, if any of you have done that. So our website, again, has details um, and a link for exactly how to get more information about that option. Awesome. Okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up the, the financing options for, again, the domestics, you know, so the Canadian citizens or the permanent residents. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we come back. Mary's going to tackle the uh, financing options for international students, those coming here on a study permit. To view these financing options in more detail, please visit go.ivy.ca forward slash financing. Okay, thanks for coming back, everyone. Um, before the break, we addressed the financing considerations for Canadian citizens and permanent residents. Uh, there are different options for financing your MBA uh, for those who are joining us who are arriving on a study permit. Mary, would you mind sharing uh, these options and again, some advice for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, your, your home country bank is probably the best resource to start with for uh, reaching out for a line of credit or a loan. Um, Canadian banks, we get questions a lot uh, from students who are coming into Canada about whether you would be considered um, for a Canadian bank loan. And basically, the answer is that if you do have a what they call a strong co-signer, which is a co-signer who is a Canadian citizen with a good credit rating, then you should reach out um, to one of the banks along with your co-signer and inquire about that option. I know that is always a, a question on, on folks' minds. So again, if you have a co-signer who is a Canadian citizen with a good credit rating, sure, give that, give that a try. We also have some other resources available that we list on our website. Um, you will also receive a brochure document once you receive your offer of admission, and it carries this information as well. Now, due to COVID-19, I just want to say that some lending institutions have had to pace, uh, place a pause on financing for now. Um, we will keep our website up to date with the latest information, but I do want to highlight the three main um, options that we do have as, as resources. The first you may have heard of is called Prodigy Finance. So this is a lending institution for international students. Um, interest rates depend on your credit history, um, so they do vary. Um, they may be 
slightly more or slightly less than you may be used to from your from your home country. But it's um, it's a resource that a lot of students uh, at Ivy have relied on in the past. Um, just a note, this is a third party. So this is completely separate from Ivy. We are in agreement that um, we post information on our website about them and we're in contact with them um, a lot. They do pay directly to Western for Ivy tuition and fees. So that's always a question students have regarding do they provide funding for living expenses? That is something that you would need to talk to Prodigy about. But regarding your tuition and fees, they will pay that directly to Western. Um, it's just one less step for you to have to worry about. For candidates and students coming from India, we have recently added to our website a couple of uh, resources that might be helpful to you. Um, GradWrite Financing is a company that uh, a student would complete an application and you'd receive bids from different lending institutions. So it's almost like a mortgage broker in a way where you put in one application and they send it out. Um, it is based somewhat on your geography, so you may be able to hear from smaller and more localized lending um, companies where you live, and you would receive bids um, from these institutions as to what your rates would be. So then you would then be able to decide what you wanted to do with that. There is no fee for that initial stage. If you want advice from GradWrite, then there would be a small fee for that, but they would talk to you about that. The other one is HDFC Credilia. Um, again, this is for students from India, um, and they do have a separate arm of HDFC for student loans, and that is what this is. They really built um, a whole uh, program around student loans, so you might want to reach out uh, to them as well. That's great. And those last two are our recent partnerships we just developed this year. So certainly, you know, for everyone tuning in, you know, the, as we sort of build and have more partnerships for financing options, they will be listed on our website once all that information is listed. Certainly, as Mary mentioned, she's still here to be your resource. And if you want to reach out and make sure there's nothing else, but we're pretty transparent. We try not to have everything accessible to you because uh, we're not available 24-7. And sometimes we recognize you're in a hurry, you want to contact someone. So we do try to provide all their information on there, including contact so don't feel you can't reach out um, certainly you can reach out to these institutions to get an idea one of the offerings on our website uh, is called libro credit union loan and this is a little bit different so this is um, an exclusive limited offering that the admissions committee when assessing your profile and when deciding upon your admission scholarship also then decides if you're also going to receive the opportunity to have a line of credit from a Canadian bank where the school is your co-signer. And that essentially is the, the Libro line of credit that, that is offered. Uh, I say exclusive, limited, small number, however you want to call it. This is not a wide offering. Uh, it really is, is essentially an opportunity for those who have difficulty obtaining you know, lines of credit from certain countries. Um, some countries aren't able to receive funding from companies such as Prodigy Finance. Um, and where it's based on the quality of your application. So it's not necessarily based on your financial need. None of our uh, decisions are based on with offer or scholarship, but 
this line of credit is not to a high number who receive it. So we really try to target those who might face some difficulty. We find they're very strong in terms of the merit of their profile coming to our program. Really this loan, we are the school is a co-signer. So that's why it's limited in terms of who receives it because um, you know we are on the hook for it. So you have to be invited to apply for this line of credit. That is information that is given to you at the time when you receive your offer of admission. We have the information on our website so that you're aware this is a possibility. But unlike the other ones listed, this is not one where you could reach out directly to Libro and say, hey, are you able to find help with my financing? This needs to come where Mary issues a letter issuing saying, yes, we've decided to extend you a line of credit opportunity. You still have to qualify. So we're giving you the opportunity to receive a loan that's up to $40,000. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to receive that because again, you still need to go through the those steps with Libro directly. But, uh, you know, again, just for a select number, given that the school is a co-signer and really it does depend upon the quality of your application. Okay. So we've pretty much covered then the options for finance your MBA, some, some different um, forms you can look at, some organizations. Now let's talk about to actually submitting the payment. And this does include even your, your $5,000 deposit. Now, just as a reminder, again, you as Ivy students, you are Western students. This means a lot of the information that we're sharing throughout today's conversation, in particular, this next topic, about paying um, you know, your tuition deposit, it's actually listed on Western's website. So they do outline the different methods of payment for international and our domestic students. So uh, flag those websites that they will be shared with you within our offer communications, but certainly something you wanna keep handy as you will be using them you know, more, more than once. So uh, Mary, on this note then, if you know, this is obviously, again, this is an area you get a lot of questions on, you know, there's always, and we get anxiety around how to with the payment, if they need their student number or what details they need. Do you mind just kind of walking through, you know, at a, at a high level, some of the options for submitting your payment and any advice that you think they should be aware of? Yes, for sure. Um, so as Lindsay said, the instructions on how to pay your deposits will be included in your offer letter. Um, so that's your first step for uh, uh, interacting with your student account over at Western. I'm your liaison, um, so I will be sending out emails with links to your student account and links on how to pay. As a reminder, especially if you're paying in the installment method. So your first payment is your deposit. The instructions will come with a link in your offer. Um, and then you will pay your tuition the exact same way that you pay your deposit. One thing I always like to mention to students, and you'll notice it in my communications as, as you go through the year, it does take a couple of days for your payment to settle into the account at Western. So just as it goes through its process, going from the bank um, and, and settling, and of course, international payments take a little bit longer. So Canadian payments, about two to three days, uh, international payments between five and, and seven days. So what I'll ask you to do is just check your account and you'll be able to see when the deposits are made. If you have any trouble, of course, you can reach out to me. Um, options for payment are on Western's Registrar's website, but that will be included in the information about uh, finances that is going to be sent out to you um, right after you receive an offer, as well as for each installment payment reminder. So the university does not accept cash or internet email money transfers or credit cards. So we want to know what do they accept? What they do accept are the internet banking payments. So you still can pay online, um, but it's the internet banking payments. 
All those instructions and links to the various banks are on Western's website, or you can pay with a check or money order. So that's um, uh, available as well. Now for international students, um, your payments, if they're coming from international banks or lending institutions, um, the acceptable use is by Western is um, called global pay. Sort of like uh, Western Union. Um, you probably know a little bit more about it uh, potentially than I do. But there's a lot of great information on Western's registrar's website. However, some students have on occasion, depending on what country they're in, um, have had the occasional problem with getting a payment through using that global pay. If you do, please reach out to um, your um, your recruiter, uh, associate director, or myself, and we'd be happy to provide you with the uh, wire instructions that your bank can use to get your payment through. You will be able to view all of your charges for your fees, um, individual line items on your student account. So um, as soon as you can log in and they've charged them again, charges won't be made till probably uh, just before the program, but you will be able to see detailed um, uh, charges for all of your fees. There is a late fee that will apply for late payments. I usually send out quite a few emails and definitely a reminder prior to each installment that is due um, as to when it is due and encourage you to send it a few days early so that it lands in your account on time. But there is a late uh, fee that will be applied by Western um, if a payment plan is not in place. Now you may wonder, um, there's a glitch at the bank or something happens, um, just reach out right away to me if you have any problems, um, we'll get it sorted out. And students who maybe end up have a change in circumstance and are having trouble paying, um, there is the option of a, a payment plan with Western. Um, so, you know, uh, that doesn't happen very often, but certain things happen and we can arrange to have something set up for you. That's great, Mary. Yeah, it's a lot of detail there, a lot of um, key information that it really, again, it, it's important that you flag Western site, connect with our team if you do need the wire instructions. You want to make sure the money you're putting forward goes to the right spot uh, and certainly in time. So again, this is not something you want to rush. Um, be, be prepared, mark the dates. You know, again, Mary uh, is very uh, transparent and upfront about when the tuition summons are due, giving you lots of time, um, but we're human. We also understand sometimes last minute things Things can happen. So the most important thing is to loop those in if, if somehow there is going to be a bit of a delay and then we can work things out from there. But we're going to take a look, quick break and then we're going to come back and do a quick summary of what we've shared with you today and some final tips uh, about how to finance your MBA. For our international candidates, learn more about our financing options at go.ivy.ca forward slash international. Okay, well, Mary, we have covered a lot of information today. Um, a lot of information about when to start thinking about financing your MBA, the, the financial investment to it, as well as methods of, of payment, whether you're international, Canadian citizens or PRs. And again, all the different partnerships we have to help with um, um, 
funding your MBA at Ivy. So I think as a nice, you know, kind of summary, let's kind of go through at a high level some of these resources and final maybe tips or advice um, and considerations. So I, I do want to start off with the the idea of when to start thinking about the the financing side of it. In general, you know, we always, you know, we want you to be an educated MBA buyer. And when we say educated MBA buyer, there is the side of right the quality of the education, the success of placement, the the culture, the environment, um, all those other factors to it. The part of it as well is the actual financial investment. And it is an investment, one that you have to think carefully about. A lot of considerations, including the cost of living in the city, um, the chances of admission scholarship, the average scholarship. You know, we don't offer full scholarships. Um, about 85% of our incoming students do receive an admission scholarship, but the average sort of ranges between $20,000 to $25,000. So understanding that and understanding the tuition and extra fees involved, you know, you do need to consider the other factors to help with this investment. So it does take some time, you know, um, consult with your loved ones, consult with our team. We're happy to help, but please try to do it as far in advance as you can, especially when you start thinking about the MBA decision. If you do want to learn more about the different types of scholarships and our whole rolling admissions um, process, I do recommend you check out our rolling admissions and scholarships podcast, which can be found on our website. Yeah, and I think it's just a couple things I'd like to highlight um, is to make sure that you visit uh, our website for the financing information, um, the banking for uh, Canadian students and, and permanent residents for the contact details. Um, and you know, work with your home branch if you uh, if you prefer to do that. Um, educational loans, lines of credit. Just read the fine print, such as um, the requirement for being in Ontario for permanent residence um, or OSAP. Um, you know, make your plans uh, ahead of time, like Lindsay has has said. Um, the fee schedule and fine details um, will be provided to you um, by email. Um, and our and options for paying either upfront at the beginning of the year or over installments. Just remember that you can always reach out to me at any time uh, during the process, and I'm happy to help. And there will be lots of emails and reminders with links uh, to walk you through the process as you uh, as you proceed. For our international students tuning in today, I uh, say international candidates uh, tuning in today, what's important to understand is it's a common question that our recruiting team receives is if you're in the process of obtaining your permanent residency, uh, it's important that when you apply, you're applying with the status you currently have. If you do obtain your permanent residency from the moment you are extended an offer through to the end of usually June, um, then we will convert your tuition fees from the international to the domestic. So do, you know you have to apply to our program with the actual current status and then keep our team in particular, Mary, up to date. And if you do receive your permanent residency, then they will make up the remainder of your installments. Um, or if you did pay up in full, you know, issue a refund from Western for that difference from the international to domestic fees. So that is something important to keep in mind. The, the great thing is it's, you don't need to have it by the first day of the program in March. You do have usually until the end of June, uh, but Mary will have more information if you have any questions around that. And I guess to summarize this all up, you know, if you're not quite sure and you want to talk about, it, as Mary mentioned, she's definitely available to chat through some of the options. Um, again, as we've mentioned a few times today, our website 
does have a lot of, again, the, the key things to start with. So in general, our advice is always go to the website first. Um, you're listening today, which is really helpful as well. It gives you a little bit more information to what's readily available on the website, but have those conversations with the banks. If you're not sure, you know, reach out to myself um, and any of the members of the associate directors of the recruiting team or Mary, and we'll be happy to give you more information where we can. Um, Mary, thank you. This was great. I really appreciate you sharing your insights and advice on you know, how to finance the, the program here at Ivy. For all those tuning in, we appreciate you taking the time. We hope you leave with a better picture of your financing options, considerations, timelines for it. Um, you know, we want to make sure you have a successful and positive MBA experience. And a lot of that it, you know, comes down to if you're financially prepared for this investment. As Mary mentioned earlier on in the presentation, we don't want you stressed during the program at trying to make ends meet, penny pitching, or maybe living off of craft dinner during the entire one year. So be prepared, think in advance, um, have your options ready. For more information on our general on our general MBA program, on um, again admissions, application, student experience, we do recommend you check out our website. Where we've got a series of on-demand webinars, live events, and of course more podcasts. So thanks again for tuning in. This has been a presentation by Ivy Business School. For more information on any of our programs or to reach out, find us at www.ivy.ca. All information contained within this presentation is copyright Ivy Business School.